You're listening to You've Got This, Episode 65, Part 2. Welcome to You've Got This, a weekly podcast for higher education professionals looking to increase their confidence and capacity for juggling the day-to-day demands of an academic life. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder. As an avid reader and writer, I'm thrilled that this episode of You've Got This is sponsored by Stylus Publishing, a leading independent U.S. publisher that focuses on books for teachers, administrators, and policymakers in higher education. YGT listeners receive a 20% off discount for all books purchased through the Stylus website at www.styluspub.com using code YGT20. So make sure to check out their catalog to see if you can find your next great read. In part one of this episode, I was responding to a question from Mahogany, who says she always wonders how I manage to operate consistently at a high pace without burning out or losing track of something. Can I do an episode on my daily, weekly schedule and how I fit it all in and what are my management strategies? And in part one of answering that question, I talked about some of the things that I intentionally drop or deprioritize that allow me to do the high level of work that I do and have the high level of productivity that I have. Um, So make sure to go back and listen to part one if you haven't had a chance, um, and you will hear about the various parts of my life where I am completely imperfect. But in this episode, um, in this part of the episode, I wanted to talk about my daily, weekly schedule and how I'm fitting it all in and my management strategies in a little bit more detail, and especially because I've been doing something recently that's a little bit of a new strategy for me that I can already tell you some people will hate, Um, but because of how crunch my schedule is right now. Like there's so much going on and I have so many projects I'm juggling. It's actually been really freeing for me, even though I know it's going to sound to other people like a huge constraint. So just to kind of kick us off, um, Mahogany, I can tell you that I am a huge list person. Uh, I have a planner, an analog planner. It is called a get to work book and I will link to it in the show notes. It's by an online entrepreneur named Elise Joy Kripe. I've been using it for about two years And this is a planner that does not have time stamping in it. It's really just about keeping lists. And I use it to check off what are the kinds of daily things that I need to get done. I do include everything in this planner. So this includes the stuff that I need to do for my day job, the stuff that I need to do for my side business, and anything I need to do like running to the grocery store or whatever, like anything I need to do for my personal life, meeting with my personal trainer, that kind of thing. What I like about this planner is it allows you to prioritize three main things that are important for the week and then also three main things that are important for the day. I do it less for the day than I do for the week. It allows me to see what are kind of the big things on my plate for the week that I really want to move forward. And then I also really fill in the weekend parts of this as well. I usually have very lengthy lists of things that I want to get done on the weekend And I use a lot of my weekend time to prepare for things that are coming up to try to lighten my load during the week. So um, to give you a sense, I have content that I release um, right now, I think it's five times a week. So I have a podcast episode that goes out for my work on Monday. Tuesday is a content-free day. I don't release any content on Tuesdays, at least right now. Wednesday is my YGT episode. Thursday, I have uh, Anatomy of a Book, my other podcast. Friday, I release a newsletter. And then Saturday, I release a Q&A episode for YGT. So a lot of the prep work for those different releases happens the weekend previous. But I also try to pre-record a lot of things like um, 
weeks before. So for example, this part one and part two episode, I'm currently recording in mid-September. It probably won't be released until the end of October, um, beginning of November. I'm not sure yet because I've got other episodes um, coming before this one. So I think that um, that's one of the strategies that I use is I try to work ahead so that if I do need to take a break or if I do feel kind of overwhelmed, you know, I can take a few hours off. So one example of that, I'm currently recording this on a Saturday. I had a really full list for what I wanted to do today. And I decided partway through the day that I wanted to watch some Netflix with my partner and also randomly that I wanted to install a second whiteboard in my office. This was not something that was on my list for today. Um, So I, I have the flexibility in my schedule to do those kinds of things if I want to. And I think that that's a big reason why I don't have um, burnout because I, I know myself well enough to know if I'm feeling tired or if I feel like I'm getting sick or something like that, I immediately kind of pause. And um, one of the most important things for me, for my productivity is my health and wellness. And if I'm sick or if I'm having, you know, if I'm struggling in that way, if I'm tired, I'm just not going to be kind of firing on all engines. And and I need to make sure that I'm really keeping myself um, healthy and well. So let me tell you about the strategy that I've done recently that I think will be a little bit controversial for some people. So, um, My schedule was so full of projects, I was a little bit afraid um, that I was not going to be able to get everything done. And just to give you a sense of the kinds of things that are on my plate right now, um, I'm prepping webinars for the How To Academia series, and that takes up quite a bit of time because I'm prepping the slides, but I'm also prepping things like workbooks. I have to update the website, um, the course spaces, and all of that needs to be done in advance of the email that goes out the week before the webinar so the people who've signed up can get the materials. So there's a little bit of a schedule going on with that. I'm also starting my coaching training, um, and that's a, taking up a couple hours every Saturday morning and then whatever the prep is for each week. So there's some reading and other things I need to do for that. I'm working on revisions for my third book. Um, I'm working on starting drafting my fourth book with two co-authors, and that's something that keeps getting put off. I'm trying to finish the course build for a course I'm building on academic book promotion that's taking a lot more time than I thought it would, but I love how it's coming out. Um, It's just a lot more time consuming than I thought it would be. And it's possible, actually, that by the time this episode airs, it will be launched um, and available. And if that's true, you would have heard about it on the show already um, because I'll be talking about it on YGT. But I have that course that I'm working on. And then I have the regular production of the three podcasts and my newsletter. I also have a monthly newsletter that goes out about kind of all the different things that I'm producing. And so I make sure that that's always on my list. And then um, I'm working on a fourth podcast with a colleague. And we've been pre-recording episodes and editing for that as well. And then kind of the last big thing, I'm probably missing some things, but the last big thing is when I do consulting, like I have a consulting trip coming up at the end of this month, and um, that includes visits to three different schools, which requires me prepping the slides, the handouts, all the different kinds of materials for them. And so that um, recently in my business has been some, somewhat frequent that I'm doing consulting trips at least you know once a month or so. Um, and all of those things did not include my day job which runs from eight to five every day. And I have commute time of about 25 minutes to get me into campus. Um, So that's about nine hours already being cut out of my day. 
okay, so mahogany, let me get back to the strategy that I'm using. So I looked at all those things and I and I had some deadlines looming um, and I'm remembering now even more things that I did not list in that list of like things that I had to pile into my schedule. And what I ended up doing was making a template for myself um, in Word that basically was a week broken out by hour by hour, starting at five o'clock in the morning and ending at nine o'clock at night. And it went Monday through Sunday, just a grid, like a very simple grid. And I took this and for the next... Well, actually, for the rest of 2017, I printed out this template for the rest of the year, and I blocked out all of the time that I wasn't going to be able to work on these other side projects, like the time that I was going to be at work, the time that I was going to be commuting, um, certain times that I knew I wanted to spend with my partner. I blocked out the first hour of every morning from 5 to 6 o'clock to make sure I got my workout done, you know, all those kinds of things. And then I literally went through and I highlighted all of the open areas that were possibilities of me to get work done with a yellow highlighter. So this was like the hour between 6 and 7 in the morning or the hours between 6 and 8 o'clock at night or basically my entire weekends or some lunch hours, you know, those kinds of things. And then I went through my project list and I went through my calendar over the next several weeks and for the next six weeks... I have blocked out my schedule from the time that I'm recording this. So this is about mid-September. For the next six weeks, I have blocked out my schedule literally by the hour. Like there are very few free hours in my schedule. And if you say, you know, Katie, when are you going to be working on um, chapter eight of your course and specifically section three, I can look at the schedule and I can tell you. Um, because I needed to know that I was going to actually have the time to do these things. Now, I was talking about this with my mastermind group, and one of the people said, I could never do that. Like, that would be so constraining for me. And my response to that was, typically, it's the same for me. Like, typically, I would not do this. This is not a, a strategy that I would recommend. But because I'm in such a crunch time right now, and it's making me anxious that I'm not going to be able to get everything done, um, I decided to kind of block this out to really ensure that I could get everything done, especially in the next six weeks, because it's a bit of a, a crunch period with some travel coming up. I've got some obligations um, at work that are really taking a little bit of extra mental energy right now. So wanting to just make sure that it could literally be done. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, my God, why don't you just remove some things from your plate? <laughs> That's kind of the obvious thing, Right. But I think that there are some situations when you get into a place where that's not necessarily possible. Um, now, there are some deadlines I could move around if I wanted to, but I don't want to. I want to be able to kind of get all these things done, get them off my plate. They've kind of been going on for long enough. Let's just kind of put my head down and get them done. So this is a strategy that I use when kind of the only way out is through. And I'll just kind of block my schedule. And, and this is something I've done before. And, and um, my partner knows it well because I tell him. I alert him. I say, look, I've got like these next six weeks. They're going to be a little bit crazy. Um, like I might be asking you to help me out a little bit more than you usually do. Or I might be less available. The last time I did this was April of 2017 when I did my 30-hour writing challenge where I was working for an hour a day on my book to really move it forward. And I just told him, I said, this is the situation. And basically, like, he trusts that when I do this, it's for a reason. And he supports it. So he's willing to kind of chip in and make sure that, you know, everything else keeps running. And I can't tell you what a relief it is to have a partner who, when you say, I've got to go work for a couple hours, doesn't say 
anything negative about that and just says, okay. And then I go work for a couple hours and then we go to dinner. We go do whatever we want to do. Um, so a big part of my schedule right now, Mahogany, is that hour by hour breakdown. Um, and then I'm also keeping my lists and I'm keeping my more general schedule in this get to work book um, that I use. The other thing that I do on a pretty regular basis when I'm not in a crunch period, so when I'm not doing this kind of hour-by-hour breakdown, um, it is more common for me to block out my schedule four months at a time and to put kind of a – I literally take a sheet of paper and I fold it in half hamburger-wise and hot dog-wise. Everyone should know what that is from their elementary school days. So there's basically these four quadrants, and then I label them for the four upcoming months And then I just write down kind of the big projects that I have in each of those quadrants of like what I think I'll need to do over that month's period of time with some of the next action items. So a lot of my projects right now are multi-month projects. They're not things that I can wrap up in like a three-hour period. You know, there's something that I'm working on like a book or an edited collection or launching a podcast or something like that. So a lot of my creative work is actually pretty lengthy. And because of that, it's really a lot better for me to see it in that quadrant so that I can kind of see what's coming up and what can I wrap up at certain times, um, what are the kinds of bigger things that are on my plate. And then a lot of the little stuff just gets kind of sprinkled in in between. So um, this past week, even though I started this hour-by-hour schedule, it got thrown off by the fact that my partner has the flu. And so I had to do the grocery shopping more than I normally would. I had to run around and do things like put gas in the car when I typically wouldn't do that. Um, So, you know, like all these things are flexible. And I think that's the other thing that helps me to kind of keep balls in the air and keep me from being burned out is at the end of the day, like a lot of these things can get moved. And because I have such a high standard for myself and for my work, I can relax that, you know, like I can choose to relax that. And it doesn't mean the product is going to be bad. It just means that, for example, I give myself a deadline that's usually two weeks before it actually needs to happen because I want to build in as much buffer as possible so that if I get to that point and it's two weeks out and something happens and I can't do it, I have wiggle room to kind of move some things around. So putting all that kind of flexibility into my schedule allows me to juggle things and to kind of constantly be negotiating some of that work with myself um, in a way that is a lot easier. So a few other things that help me to make sure I'm not losing track of something. I basically don't trust my brain to remember anything at this stage because um, I'm not super old, but I, f- I feel like as I get older and I'm, I'm nearing my mid-30s just to give you a sense of kind of where I'm at, um, I feel like my brain, especially my short-term memory, is uh, it struggles because I put so much effort into my creative work and um, I just really can't trust my brain to remember anything. So if there's something important that I need to keep track of, I either email it to myself and then put like a flag on it so that I know to look at it or write it down somewhere else later, or I add it to my list, or, you know, I I do something to kind of trigger that I will remember that thing. And the most important thing that I have done in relationship to that is I've set up systems with myself. And I know that, for example, if I have an unread email sitting in my email box, there's a reason why it's unread. You know, like I typically practice email 
or inbox zero. So if I've got stuff sitting there, it means that there needs to be an action taken. Or if I've flagged an email, like I know what it means that the email has been flagged. You know, I've set up these systems with myself and I trust those systems. And it has been a very long time since something has been dropped um, without me intentionally doing it because I've set up all these systems and I know what they mean. I also use things like whiteboards, which I've talked about in the past. Um, for example, one of the things I do with my staff at work, we have a running agenda that we keep for our weekly staff meetings and we share it in a Google Doc, which in some ways is like a digital whiteboard. Um, and we just pull that up every week. So I don't have to constantly try to remember what are all the things I need to tell my staff this week. I just write things in that digital whiteboard space when they occur to me and then I can just get them out of my short-term memory immediately. So I'm trying to keep my brain functioning at a really high level. And in order to do that, I just don't want to have anything front of mind that I feel constantly concerned that I'm going to forget. So I, I write it down in these different spaces. And my planner is probably the most um, important uh, piece of that. In terms of my calendar, I use a digital calendar, um, Outlook, and for my work calendar. And then I also have stuff that I do in my phone. Um, I primarily engage with my calendar on my digital devices, and I have a shared calendar with my partner as well to help trigger things like people's birthdays and other kinds of things that we need to be responding to in our shared personal life. And then if he has appointments that I need to know about, they get put into that calendar as well. So to kind of recap um, some of the things that I've just talked about, in response to Mahogany's question, I would say I work ahead a lot. I write a lot of things down. I've created systems for myself to really help myself to trust what I'm doing and where I'm putting information. Um, I try to keep my schedule loose enough that I can renegotiate with myself about things that might need to be moved around if I decide I need to take a rest day or something along those lines. And the last thing I would say is that I work really hard to engage in projects that I care deeply about and that are fun. And when you have projects and work that feels like fun to you, it's a lot harder to get burnout on that. And um, you enjoy going to work. I enjoy every weekend. It does not feel like a slog to me to get up, um, do an early morning workout, and then just get to work and to work for several hours every weekend. It's something that I really enjoy. Um, okay, so Mahogany, I hope this answers at least part of your question about operating at a high pace without burning out and without losing track of things. I'm going to point you to a few other resources in this part one and part two that I've talked about on the show, one of them being my typical daily weekly schedule. Um, it's changed a little bit here and there um, right now. I've got that early morning workout. I'm working for about an hour. I go into work. I come home. I work for about an hour. I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. I'm usually reading by um, half an hour before I go to bed. So I'm trying to get a full eight hours every night and still be up at 5 o'clock every morning. And I do not change that schedule on the weekends. Um, I think that's an important piece. Uh, routine is super important for me in terms of keeping things running. Um, so... That's the main stuff right now. And Mahogany, I welcome other questions. Thanks so much for asking me this one on Twitter. And I hope everyone else um, has found this to be at least a little bit interesting. I would love to hear about the ways that you are working, what's keeping you productive, what is keeping your engines running well in terms of not burning out and keeping your work going at a high pace. And also just to remind you about part one, it's not all sunshine and roses over here. I get laundry piling up. I get dishes in my sink. I get um, a really gross kitchen floor, to be completely honest with you. So um, just because you see me 
fully functioning away in terms of things like academic writing and productivity. It doesn't mean there aren't other areas of my life that are falling a little bit by the wayside. So I hope you've enjoyed this little bit of a peek behind the scenes. I'm Katie Linder. I'll be back next week with another episode. Show notes and transcripts for each episode of You've Got This can be found at ygtforyouvegotthispodcast.com. That's ygtpodcast.com. Don't forget that if you're looking for a good book, this episode of You've Got This is sponsored by Stylus Publishing, a leading independent U.S. publisher that focuses on books for teachers, administrators, and policymakers in higher education. YGT listeners receive a 20% off discount for books purchased through the Stylus website at www.styluspub.com using code YGT20. To comment on today's show, suggest a topic for me to discuss, or ask a question that could be featured in a future episode, connect with me on Twitter at katie__linder or at ygt underscore podcast, or by emailing feedback at ygtpodcast.com. You can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and through my newsletter, The Academic Creative. Subscribe to this newsletter at katielinder.work to receive an essay focused on topics like productivity, resilience, and what it means to be a creative academic delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you find that you've got this podcast to be a helpful resource, please consider leaving the show a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends and colleagues. The best promotion for the show is definitely word of mouth. If you want to learn more about my work and projects or how to hire me as a consultant, workshop facilitator, or speaker, visit my website, katielinder.work. Thanks for listening.